58% of tech workers experience imposter syndrome according to a recent stat, but in marketing, it's probably closer to 90%. I know this because like many of you out there, I battled this pervasive feeling too. This is where Tiffany De Silva steps in. She's the founder of Flojo and a highly regarded growth consultant. Tiffany is no stranger to the struggles. She's identified six actionable strategies to help marketers wrestle down that nagging imposter syndrome. In this Marketing Pops episode, you learn first why you need to snap out of autopilot mode to conquer imposter syndrome. Second, how to deal with managers who exacerbate self-doubt. Third, the importance of building a support crew to battle imposter syndrome. And number four, a power-up that's helped accelerate Tiffany's career. Before we start, I created a free power-up sheet to apply Tiffany's six tips to marketers to combat imposter syndrome. You can head over to marketingpowerups.com or find the link in the show notes and description. Are you ready? Let's go. Marketing power-ups. Ready? Your host, Rambly John. Super excited to talk to you about imposter syndrome for for marketers, particularly. I know you did a presentation. You've done this presentation many times. I'm going to link to it in the episode and show notes. But you talk about how like 58% of tech workers feel that imposter syndrome. And I have a hunch that's probably higher for marketers. Maybe just because of the work that we do, the creative work. It's sometimes hard to measure. I'm curious, like, why do you think? That is specifically for like maybe why marketers are hit so hard in terms of this like imposter syndrome. Is it a comparison thing? Is it the hard measurability of marketing or is it to something else? There's so many different things like on our world is always changing and always disrupting itself. Um, I mean, we're in the middle of the AI revolution right now. So People are like, what's all the job? What's happening? Um, So we're always kind of set off balance. So that's one area. And also our career path kind of, it seems like there's only one path and it's like to keep moving up. So sometimes we move up when technically we don't want to or when we don't feel comfortable to, but we feel like that has to be the next step. And so you get there and you kind of look around and go like, I don't think I have the skills for this, which Mm. is okay. But you think you were really good at your like, individual contributor job right so i think there's like pieces of like all these different things that we're kind of always thrust in the uncomfortable in our worlds um and and we have to it's sometimes those leaps that we take are bigger than others and when we take those really big leaps we're kind of set a little bit off course for a bit interesting it's a little bit of you meant you're talking about you know just uh sometimes it's hard to like when I was young, when I was way back then, I was like, you know, you, you think that I thought that the career progression is like coordinator, manager, director, or VP, and then CMO. And it's not like that. Like what, what path we taught, taught it was is not, it, it's not reality. Sometimes it's like vertical or like lateral moves or, or something else is, is what I'm hearing with, with one reason why marketers feel this imposter syndrome. Because mm-hmm. you feel like you should be doing something uh, mm-hmm. in a different path. And there's people on Twitter and social media talking about these 50 different paths. I mean, you're like, oh, but I, I'm, I've been working really hard for this one. Shouldn't I have been doing this the whole time? Like, am I on the wrong path? And I feel like it's, it's we're constantly kind of being shown this other side or other world. And uh, we think we're not on it. But it's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it just causes this kind of 
lack of confidence, uh, so mm. to speak, even if you have the skills, which is kind of what imposter syndrome is kind of. It, yeah. Imposter syndrome is all about having the skills, having the experience, but just lacking the confidence uh, in in that. Yeah. I feel like the other piece to, to uh, what really kind of sometimes wrecks confidence is people have, people outside of marketing have an idea of what marketing should do. <laughs> Especially founders or, you know, people you're working with, they look at other companies, it's so, it's so public out there. Oh, it's like, look at what HubSpot is doing. Should we be doing that? Or look at what Gong is doing with the social media. Should we be doing that? And sometimes it's, it's like people give their unsolicited advice to to marketers and that kind of you know if you don't have without that thick skin sometimes that kind of takes away confidence would you say yeah, you kind of float with the winds you'll kind mm. of do all these different things and not really trust your gut uh when you know there's a certain system that maybe you've done this whole time but now you're in this new spot you have you're closer to the executive team and now you're kind of feeling all this uh pressure uh, that you maybe never felt before. And they're telling you, again, they're sending you an article being like, let's do this thing. <laughs> like, and it's like, well, you know, especially like, you know, AI, let's, let's make yeah. 3,000 blogs. Like, how come we're not doing that? Why are we automating stuff? And it's like, well, we don't know, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, 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 this company's doing it. It has to be great. Um, and so you kind of, unless you have a very like specific way of doing things and you're very assertive, um, in a lot of ways, then it's really hard sometimes to push that uh, those away. And like, I did not have that when I worked in house. I'll say that as a consultant, mm. I do, uh, because really when they say that, I'm like, you know how much work that is? Like, absolutely not. Um, and I've learned how to be that person, but in house, I, I mean, I wish I had that skill, but I, I definitely didn't. <laughs> Maybe so if true. I went back, I would be a little bit more like that. <laughs> That's so good. It kind of ties to one of the, you, you, you have this presentation around strategies to uh, overcome imposter syndrome. I feel like one of the, one of the strategies you shared is around unmasking your villain. And I feel like this is part, this is part of it. <laughs> and you share this story, like there's somebody in your, your life that, you know, introduce, takes away confidence from you. But sometimes, especially with your boss being there, you can't really replace your boss unless you look for another job, which, if that sense, it makes sense. I'm curious, like, what your strategy, what, what, what would you suggest to people where they are in that situation where you need to make that tough conversation with their boss or the CEO that they're, I'm not, I'm not intelligent. They're, they're, they're one of the re biggest reasons why there's imposter syndrome in this situation. Well, I mean, I think it, it really, there's three kind of things I look at uh, when I look at kind of unmasking your villain. And one of them is really assessing um, what's going on in your brain. So mm. what kind of negative self-talk is happening? Um, sometimes we're not aware. I call it like getting off an of autopilot. Sometimes we have no idea the stuff that we're saying until like we actually, I used to put a timer on myself and like I get every time I hear a beep, I would go like, what was I thinking about in the last 10 seconds? And I realized, gosh, like I have been saying terrible things to myself. Um, so becoming self-aware um, and actually kind of standing like, I love uh, Michael Singer is the author of Untethered Soul. And he says, you know, when a negative self-talk comes in to just like lean away from it, which is such a simple kind of nice thing to think about. Like it's kind of coming in and just like lean back, lean back, mm -hmm. let it float away. Um, and that has to happen first because 
when you're telling yourself that you're not good enough and, you know, this person's better or whatever, wow. um, you are not in control of your thoughts. So that that's that. The other thing is we find these people that we call our villains. So when, you know, you, you're on, you know who your villain is, I always say, when you're going on social media and someone could be a lovely person, but you stop and you hate them and you don't go why because they're living like their perfect life. But they're like, they become this weird villain who like, it's just living like this alternate yeah. universe that you wish that you're living. Um, and it's not like they're bad. It's not that you're bad. It's just you need to not look at that. You need to mute that um, because it's affecting mm. your mental health. Um, and sometimes bosses are that and that becomes a little yeah. bit more difficult to have that yeah. conversation. So my third thing is to just set expectation, really figure out, you know, what are the what are my boundaries when it comes to this boss? And one thing that people don't really realize, I think, in the work situation that person doesn't know you. That person doesn't know how you work, how you tick. And they're sometimes almost expected to know everything on day one. Um, but it's your job to kind of let someone know, you know, how, how you work and what is considered a boundary because they're just going to work off whatever script they've been running this whole time. And they have certain expectations that they're setting and they're trying to set their boundaries. But unless you are out there saying, you know what, like I, this is how I work. This is what I, this is how I like to be autonomous. Um, this is the system I've always had in place. Tell me which one you have. And maybe we can start learning mm. together on how the two mix. Um, I like to have an expectations report card where it's like, if I'm talking to a client, we know what is considered an A, B, C, D, and F. So when I go into a meeting, I know that if I'm getting this amount of leads, I am at a C. And like, mm. we all know where I'm at a C and right. that's fine. Like C's, could be average. I mean, like companies have done worse and lived far yeah. like long lives. But knowing that I have a C, we can get in there. All that stress is gone. It's like, I know I have a C. I know. I know. I get it. But like, this is what I want to do to improve. And so that's, I think, really important um, to really be able to set expectations. If you need to use a report card like that, then cool. do it. Yeah. I love how you're talking about this being proactive in terms of setting that expectation. I think especially um, people who are early, when I was early in my career, I expected a manager to like help me. Well, that's what good managers do. But there's also that uh, proactive side on, on, on that we as marketers can take. To You talked about clients, you're setting expectations to your clients, but this can also apply to managers where you're setting expectations to your, your VP or your CEO, your, whoever you're reporting to. And that report card is genius. <laughs> we love that. Angie Shot Muller, it's not me. It was her telling me to do it and like I'm giving her full props here. <laughs> yeah. I imagine it's like a Rubik's. You know when you're when we were in high school, where like we were we're both based out of Toronto, so like the Ontario public school system, they would have this Rubik's where like here's here's like you know, based on this qualities, and then if you meet this, you become you you get an A or where's these uh, you do B. So like you're actually trying to uh, align, uh, you know, your your grading. So it's it's not a surprise at the end of the quarter where like, I mean, oh, I'm actually and not. And with your friend. And like, you know, mm -hmm. during COVID, I think like a lot of people got to kind of almost do a reset and see like, who are my close friends? Who are those people that, you know, I want to keep in my life? But as we kind of open up a little bit more now, we don't know uh, necessarily like what is considered to be, who are our ride or dies? Who are, are the right. people that may be, 
need, like come to us for things, but they're never yeah. there for us. Like really yeah. creating a report card for them. So you know how to prioritize your friends and your time. Um, because like, no, if you, sometimes I think about my ride or dies and like the idea that I'm not there for them when they might need me is like crushing. But sometimes mm. certain other friends will kind of take up space when they don't necessarily deserve it. And so like, I, it's right. very pragmatic and logical way of kind of thinking about things I realize um but sometimes I find if you want to get the most out of life you kind of have certain structures in place that help you do it I love that ride and die a ride or die that's such a cool <laughs> it's such a good we're going to talk about the shine crew in a bit but before we do one of the challenges especially um you know there's a lot of things moving in tech there's been layoffs um I'm also seeing a lot more marketers jumping like full board on terms of their creator slash advisory slash consulting. Do you have any advice for marketers who are in a situation where maybe it's time to move on? Do you have any like you know flags or or kind of signals that maybe the situation you're in, you know, your boss is, is the villain and and it's time to, it's time to escape escape that that situation. So something at the road. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mentor a lot of people and it's sometimes, you know, they're in a situation where you're like, you gotta go. And I know from the second I meet them, like, man, they gotta leave that job. When I don't want to be the person that says like, you gotta leave that job. Um, it's, it's unhealthy. Uh, I want them to kind of start thinking about what the future looks like, like Mm. in the perfect job. What does that look like? Even let's say this one becomes perfect. Like, what does that actually mean? And I, you know, some people may say, you know, they care about my the fact that I want a personal life or I want to take time out with my kids. Like I'm allowed to go to appointments or, you know, they they invest in my learning more, all these different things. And then hopefully when you start creating this like dream space, um, you're looking going like, oh, I'm not in this. <laughs> this will never become that. Yeah, and like I'm in a nightmare. Exactly. But all all you have the basis, and I think this is really important to know mm. when you're looking for jobs, right. what you, what is really important to you and how you're going to sell yourself to a new company, c- keeping in mind the things that you never want to do again. And it's like, you're never kind of going back and saying like, oh, my old company did this. And it was terrible. No, no, no. It's like, you know what I would love if a company actually really supported um, mm. the fact that I'm a mother and you know really supported my education um because i really i really i'm curious i really want to learn more i want to be the best at what i do and i would love if a company would help me be that and so like having those types of conversations right from the beginning not only makes you like look really like okay this person like knows what they want and so they, they definitely have a different sense of like confidence but also like putting them to task to be like oh i'm sorry no we don't we don't offer for education, um, you're gonna have to figure that out. Which, in my day, totally was the case. It'd be like you figure mm. yourself out. We're not gonna give you any money, and they'd say it right off the bat. And I'd be like, okay, well, you seem kind of cool, so I'll stick with them. But like now, I feel like there's so it's many more options yeah. for that. It's it's yeah. a way different space. So, yeah, I just daydream, spend time daydreaming. I think is important. Right. Before I continue, I want to thank the sponsor for this episode, Forty Two Agency. Now, when you're in scale-up growth mode and you have to hit your KPIs, the pressure is on to deliver demos and signups, and it's a lot to handle. There's demand gen, email sequences, RevOps, and more. And that's where 42 Agency, founded by my good friend Camille Rexton, can help you. 
They're a strategic partner that's helped B2B SaaS companies like ProfitWall, Teamwork, Sprout Social, and HubDoc to build a predictable revenue engine. If you're looking for performance experts and creatives to solve your marketing growth problems today and help you build the foundations for the future, look no further. Visit 42agency.com to talk to a strategist right now to learn how you can build a high-efficiency revenue engine. Thank you also to the sponsor for this episode, Copy.ai. Now, let me ask you a question. Would you rather cut grass with a pair of scissors or a lawnmower? Now, the answer is pretty clear, right? With the right tool or partner, you can turn tedious, repetitive, and boring tasks from hours to minutes. When it comes to on-brand content and copy, that's Copy.ai for you. Marketers from companies like Zoom, Okta, and SurveyMonkey trust it to produce high-converting copy for the campaigns with just a few clicks. Copy.ai team has created some of the best AI-powered marketing templates for ads, scripts, podcast outlines, email marketing campaigns, content marketing plans, and more. You can go to Copy.ai to get those free marketing templates right now or find it in the show notes and description. Well, let's get back to this episode. This is, feel like, this this is so good. Like you're just like imagining the future of what the ideal situation looks like. And then, you know, if your situation's not there, maybe creating a plan on how to get there. You know, and and you kinda scope out you're setting the expectation. Going back to what we just talked about as to what you're looking for and the ideal situation you want to be in. I really love that. I wanna talk about that ride or die now. <laughs> so cool. Uh if, I know you're part of this Shine Crew. You mentioned it in the presentation. Um, what is, what is, why is it so important to have those people? You, I love how you put it in that pre- presentation. You said people who are willing to bury the bodies with you. It's <laughs> what so you call your Shine Crew. We're willing, like, you know, pick up the call in the middle of the night. Hey, I need to, I know it sounds dark, but like bury the bodies with you. Like, how, I guess you've found those people. How can others, uh, first of all, what is the Shine Crew and like, how did you find yours? Yeah, so the Shine Crew started, um, I was starting to speak at events feeling just like I did not belong there. Um, and one day I was at a speaker's dinner and Joanna Weeb from Copy Hackers was sitting next to me and I was like obsessed. Biggest fangirl <laughs> that ever wore. Purchased literally everything she would sell. Um, and, you know, this was my moment to like meet her and get to know right. her and all the things. And she says, hello, in a lovely way. Hi, I'm Joanna. Like, what's your name? And then like, because I don't do sh- like small talk really well, I was like, do you ever feel like a fraud? <laughs> and she like looked at me and was like, you know what? All the time. And just yeah. hearing that from someone and me and her kind of got into this conversation about like what it was like to be a woman in tech. Other people started hearing like Gia, uh, Laudy, um, and who was that? Andrew Schumuller. All these people kind of joined us, Talia. And we realized in this conversation that like, we didn't have people around us who were really like our wingmen, (laughs) so to speak, at work. Like we, we weren't having these important conversations about finances with anyone. We weren't telling people about, we didn't have people around us who were in the same trajectory we were with our careers. And so we made a pact that we would kind of keep talking. And we didn't know what that meant at the time. It turned into a Slack group. Um, but then as we were kind of walking out, we were like, what are we going to call ourselves? And I just listened to Call Your Girlfriend podcast where they talked about this idea of the shine theory. Um, shine theory. And the idea is if you don't shine, I don't shine. And I said, why don't mm. we be called like the shine crew? I totally forgot that I was the one that named them. Uh, it was Joanna that reminded me later. 
again, imposter syndrome, like Joanna must have done it. She's, she's lovely at this thing. Like it was her. Um, but yeah, the shine crew was invented. And it, one thing that I will say that started from one conversation, like when I go to networking events, sometimes I watch people and they're like trying to meet everyone and they're handing out their cards and it's just like this flurry of activity, right? That is not, I go to an event, even to this day, I look in the corners, look at the people that are like maybe a little bit quieter, kind of just setting the scene. I go up to them and I introduce myself and I make sure I have long conversations with people. And you know what? Those people may turn out to be friends. Maybe they turn, nothing happens in that moment. But the next time I see them, you know, they may become a friend. But my conversations start like, like that. And I make sure then to follow up with them later. And over time, I have found that I have all these little groups of friends, all from like different areas. But as soon as we get together, it's deep conversations and I make my time for them and, you know, nothing else. And a shine, I have like little shine crews everywhere, like that have been born, like whether it's Grow Class, which is where I'm an instructor, or um, that we have this like Slack group here in Toronto called DMM, like Digital Marketing Mastermind, which is like mm. 60 of us. And it's just like, you know, you, you create this crew of people and like you can make it yourself. It's no one else's job. It's like you and it only takes one person at a time. That's so good. I think that's uh, that's shine theory. That I, if I don't, if you don't shine, I don't shine. We don't shine. That's so good. <laughs> that's so yeah. good. In terms, you, you, you kind of gave a little bit of some tips for people to find, you know, you share. Here's why it's important. You know, you, you have the support group. There's people who will shine with you. You gave a little bit of a teaser of like how people can find their shine crew, you know, like talk to, to people and like connect with them. Do you have any tips for people who are listening in right now to find their own shine crew, so to speak? So, yeah, I think it's all about figuring out who your network, like find the things that you love to do. I think I'll start there. Find the things that you love to do. So, you know, I go to live music now. There's a crew of people now that I kind of have met in my journey of finding right. like live music i'll tell other people and be like i've been doing this thing and they're like next time you go to this kind of show give me a call and so now i have these people from all everywhere just kind of joining me and like you know now i've become friends with them who i maybe didn't know them really well before um if it's work you know i had like one uh one of my mentees came to me and said like i just don't have any friends so she just moved to toronto and she's been here for a while kind of stuck in work and she's like, and I'm like, okay, then you're a designer. Find a designer group here in Toronto. Go to those types of events. Meet yeah. one person. Start there. One person. Let them know that you're new to Toronto. And and like that will be enough for them to be like, you know, like join, join me. Um, finding, I know when I go on stage and ask people to find their shine crew, I have been so surprised by the types of shine crews that were created there was one of like a group of dads who just kind of like cool. met each other at the at the talk but wanted to talk about being dads and like mm. some of the challenges they have so now they have a shine crew of dads uh i met one where it, for me all my shine official shine crews all women but i was talking to luke mccarthy and he's like wait i'm in a shine crew are you the reason i'm in a shine crew i'm a shine crew of these people and i'm like oh she's my other right. shine crew that's you know here in toronto and so it's like watching that happen has been just beautiful because mm. people are it's almost like by creating a name for it you have like permission to make yeah. it like i just read this thing about you know making a shine crew i'm like i want to do it do you want to so it's like it gives people yeah. permission to create it um even like a knitting group 
of marketers that give wow. sweaters to homeless people. They knit sweaters cool. for homeless, like just wild. So yeah, it could be anything. It's just follow your hobbies, follow your, you know, what your job is and like find people within that space and one at a time. That's so good. Uh, you're really about, you mentioned finding, follow your hobbies. Um, there's also the piece around like finding people who you vibe. I, I don't know how to say that word, like vibe where you like, yeah. there is that same energy to help each other out, you know, like to really like, you know, I, I want to help you. I generally help you as much as uh, I want to get help from each other. So mm-hmm. that's super cool. I want to shift, you know, the the final tip, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, un- unveiling, unmasking your villain. We talked about finding your shine crew. One other thing that I want to cover is around this idea of visualization. You talked about uh, actually in that presentation, you showed this video from Nike where like, visualize you know what success looks like for you but your legacy and you mentioned also interestingly enough that this is one of the hardest thing for you i'm curious you know why first of all why why is visualization so important and why is it sometimes so hard for for people uh, for marketers even to to visualize what their their legacy can look like yeah so for me one of the most important things i ever did was think about what my legacy is going to be. So really like looking in the future, figuring out the life that I want, coming back, we were talking about this before, coming back and saying like, okay, does it align with where I am right now? And how do I realign myself to get to that legacy? And one of the most important aspects of that is actually like daydreaming and like Mm. thinking about what are the things that you actually want. We don't do that as adults. Like when I was a kid, I would like, I knew that I wanted to live in a loft in a city. And I wanted a brick wall and I like, I wanted to be in tech and like all this stuff. And I got it. I got it. Cause like, I could like, I lived and breathed that dream when I was a kid, but like somehow over time we lost it. So when I was sitting in front of this woman, who's my coach, who I talk about in um, the imposter syndrome talk, you know, she had asked me to like, if you're going to create this legacy, I want you to live it, breathe it. Like I want you to embody it. And I went like, ah, not like playing, not really a visualization. Like I, I lost that skill. And she goes, okay, well, what does it feel like when, like, what do you think it is going to feel like when you actually hit this legacy? And I said, I, I feel inspired. I feel motivated. I feel, you know, all these things. So in order to do that, I started looking on YouTube and I started trying to find videos that made me feel that whether the inspiration, the motivation, and this Nike ad is just like the embodiment of that feeling for me. I, I've watched it, I swear, over like a thousand times. I still get goosebumps. Like it's just, it's one of those like really well done um, pieces of content. And when I started watching it, I watched it every morning for like months. I would make sure that I matched that moment, that visualization that I had to that feeling. And like, I would say like, okay, Maybe I can't get there with my visualization. Maybe I can't feel that motivation yet, but I'm going to kind of put the two together uh, and like watch this video first, feel that feeling that immediately start like thinking about what I want in the future. And somewhere down the line of doing that, you know, it's things started to happen. I started to kind of my I started to be able to create that legacy for myself slowly, but because I was able to like match these emotions to it. And I think that's like, it's so, it, it, it becomes kind of easy. And, and one thing um, I, after kind of sharing, sharing this, this man came up to me after and he's like, you know, I had to try to find my video 
also. And I like, it took me a really long time, but then my son took his first steps and like watching him struggle, like watching him kind of like struggle, fall, struggle, fall. He did that a couple of times. And then he just started walking and I caught it on video. And he's like, I watch that every morning. And and no matter what my day is going to be, I know there's going to be ups and downs, but you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And his legacy is going to be to create this beautiful world for his kid. And so that matched it. And like, yeah. that's what he was able to do. And I think like, if we can find those videos that we can watch yeah. over and over again, there's a Folgers ad that I used to watch of a little kid that used to be like, I love my house. I love this. I like and it's the cutest video you've ever seen in your right. life. But that would pet me up in the morning right. and like get me moving and be like, and I would go around my house being like this, I love that. Um, but it was like, I, so I can get that energy or excitement, right? And so I can kind of get to the goals that I had to for the day. So it's a great visualization technique. Um, and I think it's really important for people to, mm. to do. That reminds me of this exercise that I did in high school where like, we did a dream board where like we would cut up pictures out of magazines, <laughs> stick it on a poster board. And it is my dream board. I feel like sometimes as adults, we've, you mentioned it, we lost, we've lost that like ability to daydream of the possibilities. And I guess we just kind of go with the flow essentially. And sometimes that you're saying is like having, realizing what could be possible can open up more doors than Yeah. And you hear these stories of these people that say like, you know, my whole life changed after this moment, you know, all these bad things happen and then everything changed. It's like, because you probably sat down and actually asked yourself for the first time in like 15 years, what do I actually want? And you're able to like visualize that future and you started to create it. You started to realign yourself to it. And it's not, it's not rapid science, but it's like, sometimes you're so in the shuffle and you're kind of doing your day to day that you forget. And so, yeah, definitely, I'd say spend some time daydreaming uh, wherever you can, even if it's a couple of minutes in the morning. Uh, and if meditation is your thing, then definitely do that. I'd meditate myself. But um, I do always add when I'm calm, the little kind of couple minutes of like the kind mm-hmm. of things that, you know, I imagine for myself 10 years from now. That that this exercise is also great, especially if like at the moment, you feel like an imposter or I'm feeling like an imposter and then you zoom out a bit and realize like this is just one moment in time <laughs> in a larger scheme of things that you realize like it, this I think you mentioned this think this will pass or something like that whatever you're going through right you now shall pass, yeah. yeah yeah and I think also like I would I try to zoom out like that I, there's like a, a situation where you know my business was a few years ago where things just did not was not going well. I was losing a lot of money. Um, I did not like the look of my bank account. Everything was really scary. Um, and then I got I got out of it. I just got out of it. Things worked well. And then it happened again in the beginning of this year, where it was like I didn't know what was going to happen, and I could have just stayed in that state uh, and just like you know gave myself all the negative talk of like oh you, you know you deserve this, you're bad at your job, whatever. I could have gone down that route. Mm. Instead, I remembered. The last time that happened, and I'm like, how did you even get out of that? And it's like, I don't know. You just worked. You just did did your job. You kept doing it well, and it just happened again. It was just like a weird like slump, and it came back. And so I always try to remind myself of times when, like, you know what, you, you didn't do it, but like you did this in the past, but you're you're good now. And it's that resiliency that I think it it's what kind of keeps us going. Um, but re- remembering all the moments where you had to be resilient and you kind of got through it is really important because we're all going to fail. No one's going to be perfect, but it's how you deal with it. 
this reminds me of uh, what you just said. Reminds me of uh, an advice I heard from Manuela Brasano, um, the head of marketing at Fellow App, where she has a wins folder. <laughs> she has like this oh. folder with like a bunch of wins, and you, you storing that like, hey, you know, remember that time? Uh, you know, I was able to overcome this business struggle. Uh, it's just a great, helpful tip that you know I've heard from other folks. I should create. Oh one. yeah. Mine's called Happy Thoughts, and it's a Happy folder thoughts. on my desktop. <laughs> so good. Just yeah. Happy Thoughts. You, you come up with the greatest names. You should become <laughs> a naming consultant. Like, shine through. Yes. My own thoughts. company. It's so funny because my own company, Flojo, like, the box, the couple's bucket list is just couple's bucket list. Like, I, I don't even, it's just like, that. that is what it is. Look. Nothing more, nothing less. It's very, like, SEO focused. Uh, but like other stuff in my life, I have like these fun little names. But happy thoughts itself is like very clear. Like when negative thoughts is coming in, open up the happy thoughts folder and then yeah, and then like really bask yourself in in, in that. Uh, that's so good. Um, you what do you? I, I'm not looking for specifics, but like what do you, do you store images? Do you uh, maybe even like letters that you write to your future self? Like what is in your happy thoughts? bolder like what kind of stuff do you Ooh, store in there i'm gonna start doing letters to my future self i like that <laughs> idea um thank you i yeah, a lot of it actually comes from i'm an instructor at um mm. at mcmaster i teach seo SEM there and like at the end of the year you get this like feedback right and like uh, i mean oh, it can be rough i'm not gonna lie um but sometimes you get these like just love like these people who just spend a really long time right. sending you really nice things about how you've helped them or like I, i'll get like a year later i'll get my students coming back and sending me something on linkedin about how you know my big thing is when i teach a course it's not about it's not about getting the job um it's mm. about what you're going to do on day one wow. um I, I feel really like uh strong about that's how what a good course should help you with and so hearing that you know they knew exactly what to do and hit yeah. the ground running uh, always gives me that and so that and like images of my family and um, I actually I have pictures all over my house of just like happy moments and so, so I'm always so reminded of yeah. uh, things like I like literally 20 just going down my stairs of just moments in time or even like photos of like places I've been to around the world but just like one little thing that will remind me of that place um, I just those things just kind of give you a little smile and it makes you yeah. feel uh, just out of the moment, which is what I expect. That's so good. Thank you. That's I'm gonna start doing that as well. Taking photos and testimonials, and just hit me in writing letters to your future self. Like you can do it. <laughs> you can get over this. That's so good. Yeah. You know what? It's funny because I I recently read like a journal entry that I just for some reason I picked up a book in the middle of like uh, it was 2021, and I had written something to myself, and then of course just put it in a bookshelf, never looked at it again. And I reread it recently and I was just like, wow, like so much happened. And like, yeah. you don't expect sometimes in a year or a year and a half, how much could happen. And my confidence, how, how much it changed and how I felt like an adult. Like when I was mm. like reading and being like, wow, like you, yeah. you have matured in like two years, but it's like, it's nice sometimes to see that of like being able to compare yourself to your past, because mm. then it's like, it gives you a lot more confidence in the future. But like if I can. If I learned that many lessons in this year and a half, imagine the lessons I'm going to learn in the next six months, year, two years. That's so good. Thank you so much for sharing that. I want to I share Garrison and talk about 
career power-ups. Those are things that help accelerate your your career. You know, that could be anything that we've chatted about, but you've been in marketing for a while now. You worked at Shopify, Achievers. You talked about being a marketing instructor at McMaster University, which is this big university here in Canada. Also at GrowClass, you're the founder of Flojo. I'm curious, like, what's what's a, a few things or maybe one thing that's helped you accelerate your career uh, during this past few um, times in your in marketing? Yeah, I think ever since I first started, I always followed my passion for things. So if I wanted to learn something, I went ahead and learned it and kind of dug deep. And if I wanted to learn more and wanted to be paid for it, I find a job that would <laughs> like snap me with That's the premise good. that like I may not know this, but I will based on me learning this other stuff in the past. I've done that. Um, that is really important. I found that I I never stop learning and even i mean i've been marketing for 20 years i never stopped learning if ga4 has taught us anything you cannot stop for a second uh but that's really important and people hearing that you're that type of person is really important number two always mentor now i'm not saying be a mentee i'm saying always mentor where from the right. time i was like 25 i was mentoring already people in university by 30, I was mentoring people that were like 25, 26. Yeah. Now I'm, I get to do all the way up 20s up to 40. Um, and even sometimes even someone older who's restarting their career and they don't know what to do. Yeah. That being a mentor, and I'm not saying it's official in official capacity. It could be you catching up with someone, you know, every month, every couple months and just, or, or there's official programs out there. But doing that as like you're giving back will teach you so much about what you've learned. In the past, it will connect you to new, interesting people. It will keep you understanding what the world uh, is like, um, kind of for people coming in. It helps you be more empathetic um, and, and sympathetic to kind of the struggles of people who are, you know, maybe 10, 15 years younger than you. Um, and it also allows you to be grateful for the situation you're in at the moment um, and what you need to be doing differently. And so I think there's so much that can be learned from that. And if you, do have like I have certain people that they don't know that they're my mentor, but I just like every once in a while I'm like, "Are you busy for dinner? Let me buy you dinner." Uh, and then I just like you know, and again, it's not like a, I'm right. gonna pick your brain. I would yeah. never write someone and be like, "Pick your brain." No, I'll be like, I, "I'd love to buy you dinner, or I'd love to buy you a coffee." Um, and I just want to know about what your days are like. Uh, mm, and and people like so love that, like they love yeah. doing that. So I think being curious like stick to learning and it, it that's that's kind of what will help you figure out what you want to do like i knew i used to have a bucket list when i was a kid and one of the things was i wanted to create a product i didn't know what that product was um it turned into flojo turned into card games but like it was just this oh, like little piece yeah. of like i didn't know what it was but it was a it was a thing on my like list of uh, bucket list things to do and then because i am not very creative i came out with a product called the bucket club but again it was like it was based off this like weird little lists and dreams that i had that i just kept pecking away at and like a side hustle kind of just kind of it's not really a side hustle it was a very slow side hustle i thought but it was you know something i was passionate about and just kind of kept working at and see what it would be like and so keep doing those things and whether, and it doesn't have to be with work. I mean, it could be, I picked up my piano again for the first time in like so 20 cool. years yeah. and started playing and like, 
whatever it is, it's, it's so cool to kind of go back and do those things and go back to the things you love to do as a kid. I'm sure there's an adult version of it. And it is so much fun when you kind of get into it. That's so funny. You say adult version of that. There's a few years ago, the whole boom with the coloring, adult coloring books. <laughs> so this is so good. And the whole idea about learning is so true. Like marketing, especially this past few years has, I mean, the past few months has really like accelerated like AI and like it's J4 and like what's going to happen with SEO. Like you really have to have that culture as marketer. You have to have the culture of uh, always be learning. And also always be teaching because I've had friends that were, you know, they're seeing this AI thing and they're going, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm not going to deal with that right now. And for me, I knew this is a big deal. This is a difference between us having jobs um, and not like we just need to learn how to use it. It's just it is a new thing. And like, so what I would do is incorporate it, whether I was talking to a friend and just like, look at this funny thing that I did. And because I knew that they were kind of hesitant because it was something so new. And as adults, sometimes you do not want to jump in. But then I, I found a way of reaching them, whether it was like, let, let me make a story for your kid or they're the hero. And like, let's yeah. um, let me show you how to do that. And like, or, you know, show this person how they can talk to their boss by writing a letter using mm. ChatGPT, like, or a legal document, like figuring out how to make a, like a scary legal uh, email so someone could send like the person that's living in their house like a tenant like just like you know finding ways to incorporate and then they go oh I love this thing this thing is great uh, but like always always be trying to teach some of the stuff because you know as a marketer what's coming and if your gut is telling you like something big is happening bring all your friends bring all the people that you've been working with with you um, and whether it's like and don't be the one that's like I swear it's going to be a big thing don't be that person <laughs> Show them all these cool little examples of, of yeah. how you use it. Make them a picture on mid-journey. Do like, you know, that's kind cool. of try to incorporate them. So yeah, that's that's what I would suggest. That's so good. It's like learn the learning to teaching is like a huge, it's reaffirming what you know, essentially, especially if it's new. It's so mm-hmm. good. Uh, one final question before we wrap up. It's, it's a, a question that I love asking, especially it's more like looking back. If you can give if you can send a, a, an advice to a younger version of you, like a younger version of Tiffany who's maybe starting out in marketing, um, what would be that piece of advice or pieces of advice that you would give to your younger self? It could be, once again, it could be around career. It could be around um, imposter syndrome. It could be around marketing advice or SEO, not, whatever. It can be an investing advice. Like, let's just, what would yeah. be that piece of advice you'd give your younger version of you? Ask for help more. Um, There were times, yeah, in my life where I kind of held it all in that I didn't know how to do something. Um, And it held me back. It held me back maybe. It could have been only three months, could have been only six months. But one question, one sitting down being like, I don't understand how to do this could have excelled my career. Although it wouldn't have got me where I am today, um, kind of plugging away. But it would definitely make things a little bit easier at some point. I didn't think I was allowed to, which I did. Thank you to Tiffany for being on the show. You can find out more about her work at TiffanyDeSilva.com. 
the product flowjo.co and following her on LinkedIn and Twitter. All of those links are in the show notes and description. Once again, thank you, Tiffany, for being on the show. If you enjoyed this episode, you'd love the Marketing Power-Ups newsletter. I share the actionable takeaways and break down the frameworks of world-class marketers. You can go to marketingpowerups.com to subscribe and you'll instantly unlock the three best frameworks that top marketers use hit their KPIs consistently and wow their colleagues. I want to say thank you to you for listening and please like and follow Marketing Power Ups on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. If you feel like extra generous, kind of leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leave a comment on YouTube. Goes a long way in others finding out about Marketing Power Ups. Thanks to Mary Sullivan for creating the artwork and design and thank you to Faisal Kaigo for editing the intro video. And of course, thank you for listening. That's all for now. Have a powered update. Marketing power-ups. Until the next episode. <laughs>